Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Welcome listeners, welcome one and all, welcome to the House of Fun. You can hear it playing behind me. My name is Nick Hart, this is of course your favourite podcast, Achtung Millwall. And, well, it's been a bit of a quiet old week at Millwall. Nothing much to report back to you on. Um, might as well turn the show off now, really, I suppose. Not really. It's been an existential crisis of a week, hasn't it, dear listeners? What with Wednesday night's dramatic Lewisham Council decision, some say it was a, a stitched-up decision beforehand, to uh, compulsorily purchase the Millwall sections of the Dens car park land, to be attached to the offshore-based multi-million pound, potentially multi-million pound renewal regeneration company that's going to transform South Bermondsey into New Bermondsey, into a kind of a second-hand version of Shoreditch, featuring all sorts of glossy, glass-fronted buildings. And you can bet your bottom dollar loads of unaffordable properties for other people that don't come from Bermondsey to live in. Any road up... The council voted to go with renewal, um, basically overriding Millwall's own plans. Um, this is seen as something quite catastrophic, potentially, to the long-term viability of our club in, in Bermondsey. On a serious level, Chairman John, John Berrelson has come out and said that we need the ability to redevelop the, the Dens car park into our own um, properties, commercial, retail, residential and thereby draw an income stream that may someday allow us to compete at a top table on the transfer market. Basically, if we don't redevelop that land, then we are basically down to the income drawn from match days within our beloved little stadium. There's a whole load of baggage that goes with that little, in a nutshell, rundown. Um, bizarrely, Wednesday night's Cab Lewisham cabinet vote was not attended by any of the Millwall top table. Peter Garston, our fan on the board, attended, along with the blue bus. Little brave little Harvey Brown, our, our, our little mascot, was there. But strangely, and I can't give any account to you, dear listener, no one, it seems, from the club's hierarchy was there. All I can imagine, and I don't know, I'm not privy to anything, is they saw the Lewisham Quislings 
um, as a done deal against us already. They were never going to vote for us. Um, as a consequence of the vote against us, six to one of the Lewisham cabinet, the club is now going to appeal, and this goes to some kind of government public inquiry of some sort. Don't ask me what about and under what auspices. I'm no expert on the matter, but there will be a public inquiry now to review Lewisham's decisions. Um, all I can hope, and all that you can hope as a, as a fan, is that the club have some ace cards of some sort up their sleeve, legally, or um, by, by any other method, really. It's not been apparent to us so far what the, uh, the, there's a coherent strategy. We are hoping that one develops. Certainly uh, a few of us, myself included, have been contacted by the DefendOurDen.com campaign, and I'm all in favour of it. Everyone should be. You should be too, dear listeners. DefendTheDen.com. Go on Twitter. DefendTheDen. It's on there. It's online. It's, um, it's a club-organised campaign of some sort, and I am prepared to do whatever I can that will help or assist it. Um, I can't think of what else we can do. But the thing that strikes me, and I'm no businessman, I have never made much money out of um, property, so what the fuck do I know? But... Uh, multi-million pound deals, in my experience, as this South Bermondsey regeneration scheme is, tend not to be influenced too much by hearts and flowers being played by, by fans. So, you know, stories of um, community good deeds and um, all the great things that the Mill Community Trust does, all the great things that many of our fans do, they tend not to be swayed by such things. They tend to be swayed by cold, hard pounds, shillings and pence. As I say, what do I know? But the, uh, the next phase is now going to be a government inquiry. The club will be looking for fans to get behind them and their calls. Um, I've thrown my hat into the ring to help in any way that I can. I ask you too, if you can bring anything to that particular party, to do the same. And contact DefenderDen.com online. There we are. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Müllwald. So we have a grey, windy, rainy day in New Bermondsey. That doesn't sound right, New Bermondsey, does it? Rain in the air. Wind, the flag's blowing proudly in the winds in South Bermondsey. I'm going to use the old terminology. Our opponents today, Coventry City, sitting in the relegation zone of the table at the moment, but Neil Harris, speaking to News at Den on September the 8th, says that that's a false position for them. And he wants our players, our Mill team, not to give them any hope of a, of a resurgence in form. 23rd place at the moment, Tony Mowbray's side, Coventry City. And they've collected just three points in opening six games. Like yourself, dear listener, I'm always wary of any team that turns up here as cannon fodder, but it seems to be the script that everyone's written for Coventry City this afternoon. We shall see, shan't we? Let's have a listen to Super Smooth Dino standing, reading out today's team. These are substitutes, clearly. You knew that, didn't you? You knew that. Here we go. This is the Millwall team today, dear listeners. We're going to go with Dino. Go for it, Dino. In other news, there was other news this week for Millwall, over and above the existential crisis of Lewisham Council trying to take away our, our future income. Um, Lee Gregory signed a new deal. Fantastic news and well done, Millwall Football Club. Signed a deal, two-year deal, taken up to 2018 summertime. The 
uh, 28-year-old centre-forwards Mill's top scorer last season. As you know, 27 goals. He scored in the first game of 2016-17 to bring his total tally for the club to 37 goals overall. But a hip injury has limited his involvement so far this season. It'll be great to see him back in the, in the fray soon enough. Rain pouring down now prior to the arrival of the two teams. The uh, floodlights brilliant across the grey gloom of a humid September afternoon in New Bermondsey, South Bermondsey. Little pre-match tweet from Lions TV. Danny, who I spoke to last week on, on the uh, on their YouTube channel. Um, Danny tweets that um, he hopes that uh, Neil Harris is seeing something in Fred that he's not, and he hopes he's wrong. Um, I felt that Fred, when he came on last week like against Bradford, um, actually looked more direct and more purposeful. First time for... Uh, for some while, I would say that about Fred. So it's going to be an interesting start today. See if he can do some damage by running at that fragile, we, we hope, looking Coventry City defence. Certainly be great to see him explode as a player, wouldn't it? Stefan Meinerhofer posts on Twitter there are vastly more old build than usual at the den today. Each of a big baton swinging from their hips. Were a few coppers knocking about outside, listeners. I don't know if they're expecting some action from the Coventry Massive or what, but. Um, it's a grey, wet day. I can't see it being that dodgy outside, but there we go. But yeah, big police presence, expensive police presence, of course. Bermondsey Boy says, forget the old firm, forget the Manchester derby. The real glamour game of the day starts at three o'clock in five minutes' time at the Den. Millwall versus Coventry City. Here come the two teams, listeners. Coventry wearing a black shirt with uh, red shorts, red stockings, with some red designs on the on the black shirt affair. Rather busy, I think. Rather busy. Gok Gok Kwan, my missus is watching Gok's um, re rehashing, upcycling old shit basically. Um, he's bought a whole program series. It may must be worth a fortune turning out that old touch. My wife watches it, and it looks like Coventry City shirts have been upcycled from a formerly black t-shirt with now. Um, red stripes inserted into it somehow oh it's good to be back after all that internet nonsense I've been spending my time on Twitter on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday like I've got nothing else to do apart from watch Gok Kwan upcycling old shit uh, but that's all I've been doing is tweeting, retweeting defend our den and say no to the CPO all for what? for six Quislings the kind of people that would collaborate with the Germans if they had taken over to vote against us on Wednesday night but there we are that fight is now over dear listeners it's now on to the, the public inquiry whatever that may look like I don't know what that looks like at all but there we are I've got, we've got to we've all got to speak in favour of the club and the good work it does just notice Marvin Sordell the uh, controversial um, alleger of racial abuse here a couple of years ago when playing I think for Bolton he's in Coventry colours today um, didn't he play for the Great Britain Olympic side and was rated as an England prospect at once once upon a time he's cased at a mighty fallen and guarantee he's going to draw some comment this afternoon listeners away we go Coventry kick it off attacking the cold blow lane in in the first half I always think there's two types of players that <clears throat> those that respond well to Millwall abuse and those that fold and, uh, and hide um, we'll wait to see what type Marvin Sordell is the likes of Marlon King and uh, Lee Hughes of course rise to the occasion and um, however despicable a person they may be they get the goals and the more the abuse comes in the more they seem to love it almost thrive on it they draw an energy from it um, what kind of person Marvin Sordell is I don't know but he's certainly going to get some abuse this afternoon let's hope it stays on the right side of the FA's rules on political correctness dear listeners two minutes gone two and a half minutes 
is Worrell over on the right hand side, ball into the mix. Aidan O'Brien offside, late, late, late call by that linesman. Looks like a portly little gentleman, the kind of, um, he's got a kind of girth once reserved for um, Warmington on C's bank manager, that kind of look, you know. Ball over the top, fine Steve, uh, Aidan O'Brien running through, wide right at the moment. Little moment is Fred into the mix. Oh. Over the top of Fred's head. First mill opportunity, four minutes, five minutes. The Junior Lions fun day tomorrow, advertised on the big screen now. Uh, there, there may be some advertising hyperbole going on. They, they, they've kind of got half, uh, looks like half the world cut in half. Well, on top of that is a fairground with um, an ambitious looking roller coaster ride with a loop the loop and some quite dramatic falls and rises. Now, I, I'm going to be right, quite honest, I'm a big supporter of Mill Football Club and I will be the last person on earth to put the bubble in on to advertising standards, but I think that's implying that might be, that roller coaster ride might be here tomorrow. I'd be most surprised if anything on that scale will be here tomorrow, dear listeners. Ben Thompson, he finds Joe Martin. Joe Martin wins the ball back again. Little dinky cross in towards Worrell, headed over the bar, about six inches over the bar. A kind of a, a Cahill-esque hanging head of him. David Worrell, just outside the six-yard box. Nice chance, nice little cross in from Joe Martin there. Let's watch the replay, little looping cross, and Worrell seemed to hang in the air a moment, just couldn't put that ball on target. It was just over, about six inches over the, the angle of the goal there. There's ten minutes gone. Uh, Millwall starting to look like, like the more bright and purposeful of the two sides. Coventry starting to look like a team that is in uh, 23rd position of the table. This is Joe Martin down on the left. Thundering cross, bang straight into the 22 for a Mill throw. So, yeah, Mill starting to pass the ball around about well. Still, obviously, um, always looking for the long ball over the top, but at the moment, we're looking in the ascendancy. Smile on down the right hand side, ball into the box. Powered behind by the uh, Coventry defender. I thought for one moment he might have powered it straight into his own net, but it's probably a couple of yards wide of that right hand post. Gonna be a Mill corner on 12 and a half minutes. So here's David Warrell on the right hand side of the corner. It's gonna have a deep one, tries to find Byron, and he does this some more power in the head of it, that's over the bar. Mill looking very much um, the dominant side in his opening 13 minutes. Here comes Coventry, um, passing the ball around for the first time. It's an awful pass, just as I was about to mention their passings. The 22 now on the Mill halfway line, the five. Passing the ball about halfway inside their own half. The Lions form up the two banks of four as the 15th minute goes past. Craig beaten by Marvin Sordell, both physically and in terms of jumping ability there. Um, I'm going to sound like I'm Craig's biggest critic, but he was beaten physically and in the air there by Marvin Sordell, who's um, that's a worrying sign. Mill crowd getting behind their Lions as the 20th minute goes past. Um, I've got to say Mill still look like the... Uh, the side more likely to score, but Coventry have certainly had more possession these past ten minutes than they had in the first. Approaching the halfway point of the first half, Coventry were again in possession coming back at Millwall. Um, again, no direct threat as yet from them, but much, much more passing. Um, sometimes their controls let them down. It's a shot from distance from Sordell. Fantastic goal! And he gives the old ear, I think, to the um, cold blow lane in. And he goes over the crowd. Is gonna... This might not end well. Drawing some plenty of abuse. Fantastic goal from Sordell from distance. Bottom right-hand corner of the net. 1-0 Coventry. Clearly Sordell is one of those players that responds to Dan abuse. Coventry again on the left-hand side. Have a ball into the box. That's headed back. I thought for a moment into danger by Joe Martin. Hunt clear. Mill just sitting back a little bit. They, they, uh, they just had the initiative taken away from them by that goal. I'm just looking a little bit ragged at the moment. And at the moment Mill just losing their way slightly as the 25th minute goes past us. 
ludicrous moment only at me all the balls disappear now, I don't know who they're going to arrest for this the ball seems to have gone down um, the tunnel no one can get it back got to be careful though in case you um, find yourself in possession of a football down here because the Metropolitan Police will arrest you for that if you leave the ground with it Coventry going to indulge in an exercise in time killing now they've taken forever over this goal kick it must have been at least a minute used up waiting for this goal kick to be taken which it does at last Strange chance there. Sorry, listeners, the, the microphone went in the flat mode. Just missed an Aiden O'Brien shot on goal from um, at the edge of the penalty. I had to take it first time. We're put wide on 32 minutes. Real chance for Mill to level the scores from a, a poor clearance by the, uh, the Coventry goalkeeper. Real opportunity wasted. And I apologise to you for missing that. What can I tell you? I'll do better. It's one of my KPIs for the year to do better than that. It's a 22 on the right-hand side. The midfield just being first to the ball more often than they were in the opening phase of the game. We're just slightly being pushed out of the midfield section. We need to win more balls in midfield and get the ball quicker and earlier forward to O'Brien and Morrison. 43 minutes, Lions still behind. Um, probably going to need to have a bit of a rethink at half-time. We're getting a little bit crowded out of midfield. Coventry playing with one striker, which is Sordell. Midfield consequently has five men in it and we're just uh, being a little bit outpassed at times. And because we're behind in the game now, we don't have our usual cushion of hitting them on the, on the, long, uh, on the long pump forwards in quite the same way. They can sit back off of us. Here they come down on the left-hand side, ball into the box. The six on the edge of the penalty area, he's back to goal, can't quite work the space. Mill draw a lucky break to bring it away. Poor ball to Steve Morrison, he had no options on, so he played a, an anyhow ball there. An anyhow ball, my old name's expression there. Bit anyhow. There was Fred in a nutshell. He had a, had a beautiful, beautiful take and turn just inside the Coventry half and then played an awful ball forward to nobody, to, well, to a Coventry defender, not nobody. Um, wasted all that good work. That was Fred's contribution in a nutshell in that half. There's a half-time whistle. Millwall nil, Coventry City won at the break. Um, a disappointing half of football from the Lions, in all honesty. I've not been impressed. Um, we've not shown much... Enough energy and enough vim and enough pizzazz. We've looked a little bit second best in midfield. Um, Fred, I'm sorry to say, it doesn't look like he should come out for the second half. I'd like to see Greg Wilds uh, come on in the second half, give us more width and more pace. He's put his foot in a couple of times, but then he's wasted the opportunity. Coventry haven't looked much. I think we're make, giving them more time and space than they deserve. A disappointing half, like I say. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Some half-time tweets for you, dear listeners. Mark Litchfield, always a voice that I want to hear. Not good enough, says Mark. Not good enough, Millwall. Not good enough at all. We let a clearly fragile side gain confidence and take the lead. Disappointing half, says Mark. Um, Omar O'Neill says Webster gets ball, plays it long. Craig gets ball, plays it long. Stefan Meinerhofer says it's Nemo's revenge, meaning, of course, Marvin Sordell, who has a, an uncanny um, resemblance to Nemo, some feel. A million mil set pieces, and they take their one chance whilst Gregory languishes in the treat room, treatment room. Lions Bite says our half-time pinball nil, football one. Depressing. Henshaw, ten men with Fred on the pitch, he says. Oh, he's afraid that Williams and Ben can't play in the same midfield. Uh, Dan says, anyone fancy trying in this game besides Romeo and Thompson? Anyone? Question mark. Omar, no speed behind to get behind the defence and no chance of winning a header. And yet O'Brien still leads the line up front. Much rather him was out, he was playing out wide, says Omar. Um, Bermondsey Boy says, you know it's bad when we can't take a throw in properly. 
Dan says, O'Brien trying to run after the ball is the stuff of nightmares. Learn to fucking sprint. Can you learn to sprint, Dan? I don't know. I think it's, um, it's genetic, isn't it? It's genetic. But I know what you mean. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. John Kelly says the game has completely turned around. It did turn around about halfway through the half. And now it's all Coventry. They're moving Millwall about all over the place to create the openings. Um, Bermondsey boy post as well. Whilst I'm on the on the on the uh, on the blowers here, he's a bit worried about a geezer sat behind him, screaming at the players. By his red face, he might be having a heart attack. Says Bermondsey boy. And the middle halfway line says bitty and untidy for the first 20. We seem to be lacking composure and any clear pattern of play. And an amusing little tete-a-tete on Twitter. Mark Litchfield says, O'Brien yet again a total passenger. We're missing Gregory badly. Uh, Mark would personally get Ferguson on and push Fred up top. Uh, to which Henshaw, the, the wag, you wag Henshaw, says, I'd push Fred under a 53 bus. Harsh. You're listening to Achtung Millwall. Away we go. Mill kicking now towards the cold blow lane and in the second half. No changes in the second half. Claire Harris sticking with the, the 11 that did so disappointing in the first 45. 50 minutes goes past. The game has an air of scruffiness akin to the rack of gold cloves you get in these charity shops. You know, you know, you get a sense there might be some quality in there somewhere, but it all looks a bit um, ragged. The seams have torn. You get a sense that moths may have eaten some of it. Is that kind of feeling to the game at the moment? Beautiful take and turn by Steve Morris almost feeds Fred. Coventry defence rush it clear just. 
52 minutes. Shane Ferguson warming up down below me. I can't believe we won't see him at some stage soon. As it is his Coventry corner. 13 taking down below me. Into the mix. That's across the box. Oh, that's a screamer of a chance. Absolute sitter of a chance missed by Marvin Sodell. He scored the spectacular and missed the sitter. Earlier on in the game, he scored from distance. That was bang, plumbing goal. Awful defending by Millwall from a corner. Sordell presented with an open goal, basically. And put it wide. 53 minutes. Ball won by Ben Thompson. This is O'Brien wanted far too long at the edge of the penalty area. And the ball is brought away by the Coventry defence. There was a moment there where O'Brien, on 55 minutes, had a chance to uh, work some space and pull the trigger. He just wanted that fraction of a second too long. But the, but the game has um, livened up somewhere, as you can hear behind me. This is one of those frustrating games where if Mill can get that goal, you get a sense that Coventry will crack. But at the moment, the pressure is on the lines to get the goal. And uh, the longer it goes on, the more Coventry win free kicks like they're winning at the moment, which concedes possession straight back to them. 56 minutes. Slightly uh, myopic referee. Didn't see the uh, shirt of Sean Williams being tugged there. I could see it from my seat high in the West Upper, but he didn't see it from five yards away. Make of that what you will, listeners. Well, I know we complain about referees week in, week out, but you see what you see, don't you? And here's Shane Ferguson as the 60th minute approaches. It's going to be uh, Aidan O'Brien to come. No, it's Fred, sorry. Fred, Fred coming out. Ferguson comes in. Not been Fred's greatest game. Um... The Fred question we might have to uh, talk about later in the show. I'm talk we'll be talking to Harry Warren after the uh, after the break later. Um, Fred hasn't done much for me in this game, and has now repeatedly not done much for me. I, I think he's in a difficult position. Might have to go out on loan. I don't know if that's still possible, but certainly at the moment he looks like a, a, a bewildered player at times. Mill just riding their luck a little bit at times here. That's a poor, poor ball from Jordan Archer straight back to Coventry. We're conceding possession wastefully. Invite them on to us. We're panicking as we're trying to put the ball long, trying to find our, uh, our talisman, Steve Morrison. Byron dispossessed by Sordell, caught on the ball there. Here's the 11 on the left-hand side. He's looked a quite dangerous player, this 11. I don't like the look of him at all. He finds Sordell. That's going to scuff. Oh! Scuffed inches wide of the right-hand post. Going to go for a corner. The Coventry corner. Millwall under pressure here. They're they needlessly giving the ball away. They're giving Coventry time and space to have shots on goal. And as it looks at the moment, they're going to get a second very shortly if we carry on in this vein. Aisha Smith posts on Twitter that Tony Craig is making Marvin Sordell look like Lionel Messi. For fuck's sake, she says, he's useless. I don't know if that means Craig or, or Sordell. I think it might mean Craig because uh, Sordell's not looking, not looked too bad today. Good goal in the first half, certainly. Halfway through the second half, there's a general malaise at the dent at the moment. Mill really have been poor in the game today in absolute... Uh, since kickoff, Mill been poor. Um, we're not, we haven't really improved in the second half to any great extent. Coventry passing the ball around us like um, Barcelona might do. Just to borrow Asia Smith's quote earlier on. And at the moment, it's hard to see how we're going to get into this game, which is extremely, extremely frustrating, given the bright start and given the week that we've just had. 69 minutes. Ben Thompson, ball out wide, right, finds Steve Morrison, wins a little bit of space, crowd stand up around me, but Morrison into the box, one beautiful, beautiful finish, who got that, finish under that post, fantastic finish, who got it, I don't even know who got it, I can't tell you, whoa, whoa. Editor's interjection, it was of course Aidan O'Brien who got the goal, not like this silly sod thought at the time, 
David Worrell. Aidan O'Brien got the goal just for clarity. On the right hand side, into the post. David Worrell! How could I miss David Worrell? Flick back hill with a near post. Beautiful finish. One all. Lions are back in the game. Game on. Beautiful finish. Almost back heeled in at the, at the near post. Wonderful, wonderful finish. A real moment of quality. I was talking about quality in the second hand shot, wasn't I? Well, earlier on, sometimes you dig through the old uh, dead man's suit and you find an Armani in there. That's what we've got there, an Armani finish in a fucking second hand shot of a game. 72 minutes, long ball forward, punted for by Joel Narcher. They're all over Steve Morrison, the referee gives you nothing there. Ball bouncing around the edge of the penalty areas. O'Brien in the mix. Crowd into it. This is Sordell. Mill got to be careful. Got ourselves back into a game that was drifting, drifting away from us. We don't let it go now. Number 10's coming. He's a bohemian looking boy. He's got like a, um, almost a, a, a ponytail, I suppose. He has a slight feminine air to him. Um, he was doing a bit of a disco dance routine in front of us earlier on, drawing comment from some of the chaps. And he's coming to the game now, number 10 for the Coventry. This is uh, an overlapping run by Steve Morris on the right-hand side. Deep, deep, deep cross. No one there. There's Ferguson there, but it's cleared. Second line substitution. This is Ben Thompson leaving the pitch. Butcher comes in, new signing Butcher, Callum Butcher. Ben Thompson out, Butcher in. Uh, 76th minute. Little flick and turn by that feminine looking number 10. Put Tony Craig, uh, Joe Martin, excuse me, in a spot of trouble. They had to physically balk him, otherwise the man was away now. They're catcalling him, but that was a dangerous move by that number 10. The 11's coming out of the game. I've always been a dangerous looking player, that 11, coming out for number 9. In comes the corner, it's in swinging, bouncing around. Last ditch, last ditch clearance there by Joe Martin. Hello. Bloke got on the pitch down there, bloke on the pitch. There's another boy, he's having a go now, it's a full-scale round, Mill on the attack, there's a full-scale brawl at one end, it's going to be a Mill corner down the other, what the fuck's going on, about ten coppers, two Coventry fans got on the pitch, that's some achievement from the secure zone, they're now mobbed by coppers, one bloke had his shirt ripped off and another bloke steamed in for, on his behalf, now it looks like he's been nicked, a Mill corner, and it's all go, out of nowhere, it's all go. 80 minutes, 10 minutes to go. Mill um, on the attack whilst I'm talking. My attention is diverted by the bloke being nicked. It's Ferguson ball back into the box. Over the top is Morrison. Can he retain? He can. Fired across the goal. Chance. Going to go for a goal kick. They're carrying him out. What a bizarre sequence of events. Mill corner. Down the other end. Ball lofted into the box. Ball bouncing around. Goalkeeper takes. Abuse being slung down there. Coppers. Abuse. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> wow. Like the olden days. Planes get on the pitch, brawling. They must have got themselves in the lower deck and somehow made it on the pitch. Bizarre. I know was. I cannot tell you more about that than why I saw unfold before me. Editor's interjection number two. In real time, I couldn't tell you what that was all about. I believed it was uh, a couple of Coventry fans, as you can tell from the the commentary. Um, it turned out on on Twitter afterwards it was a Millwall fan. Um, 
which was a bizarre event in itself. Back to the action. Tony Craig to give Tony Craig a shove. I think Craig might well um, take retribution on him. 81 minutes, 82 minutes. It's going to be a dangerous situation. It's going to be a shot on goal. The 10 looks like he's uh, Craig's gone back to have a word. Well, what a strange few minutes. Strange, strange few minutes. As it is coming to have a, um, a pursuit for a shot, a distant shot on goal to 10. Looks like he fancies it as well, which gives me the, uh, the collie wobbles. He's lining it up now. There might be catcalling this boat, but he's got the air of danger about him. The number 10's lining up the shoot. He does shoot. Fantastic save. Fantastic save by Joel Narger at full stretch. Quality strike. They're digging this bloke out for looking a little bit camp, but he looks a dangerous player. Number 10 for Coventry. That shot was on target and Joel Narger was at full stretch. Talking about blokes having heart attacks, there's a bloke about five rows away from me here with a, with a kind of permanently angry expression of a man's always raging at the world. He's been digging out the security team up behind us. I don't know what the score was with that intrusion on the pitch. I'm going to apologise. I didn't really follow a lot of it other than the, the chaotic melee that was going on, but a lot of angry words being slung up at the copper box behind me. Williams dips it forward, trying to find Steve Morrison. He heads it back across. Goal almost falls. Bounce it around. It's on for the bar. I couldn't say on target. It was over the bar. Header from um, Worrell. No, Butcher. Excuse me, Butcher. Phil pots in for O'Brien. He looks like he's hobbling slightly as he's leaving the pitch there, O'Brien. This 10 looks dangerous. I do not like the look of this 10. Outside the mill penalty area. Running at players. Pulls it forward. It's going to be... Dives, he goes flying, that deserves a yellow card. He went flying for always like the, the, the dying swan. I don't know how many Mill listeners are familiar with the work of the dying swan. Prokofiev Ballet, I believe. We'll have to check that. I don't have Google running at the moment. But that's how he went forward there, like a, a kind of a swan-style dive. The swan's dive, I don't know. what. You know what I mean, but the more I think about it, the more I analyse it, the more shit I'm talking. I'm going to shut up. Ferguson clips on the halfway line, Mill free kick. There it is. One all. Mill one, country one. Um, disappointing show overall by the Lions. I, I felt um, for three quarters of that game we were poor, in all honesty. Coventry, we made them look um, a lot better than they really were. They passed the ball around, but we seemed to stand off them in, in the way that we do. Um, I make that uh, two points lost rather than a point gained there, really, in the big picture. But there we are. 8,700 here today, so at least we've got a point now of a disappointing week. Um, we'll be right back after these messages with Mr. Harry Warren. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries big welcome on the show to harry warren thanks for coming on harry 
thanks for having me, Nick. Um, I've written down on my notes here, mate. That was a grey afternoon on a grey week for the club, with a grey performance to match. It was one of the, it was it was a typically Millwall day in many respects, wasn't it? Yesterday. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was going back to the dark ages, of Holloway and <laughs> Holloway and Lomesh. You, it was. Uh, it all seemed all right on the surface, and then you pick away at the paint, and suddenly it's rusted all the way fucking through. So, it uh, seemed all right for about ten to fifteen minutes of the first half because I thought we started out quite brightly yesterday, um, and then somehow we we contrived to start letting Coventry knock the ball about like they were a League One Barcelona. And next thing you know, they're looking dangerous. So, how did we do this? I mean, they were twenty third in the table at the start of proceedings yesterday. I don't know if they're still there. I, I don't know. I think. We gave them too much respect. I think we're giving teams too much respect at home um, to let them sort of play their style of football. Whether or not that's because we haven't got Gregory to sort of cut it at the source with Morrison, because well, well, I'm sure we'll discuss Aidan O'Brien, but I mean, I'm not his biggest fan. And no. if he contrives to play like that every week, I think he's, uh, his time's going to be numbered. Well, maybe if not from Neil Harris, but definitely from the fans. Uh, although he did score, but people seem to be flattering him by the fact that he'd done one good thing in the game of 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, there, there were two team choices yesterday that, you know, I struggled with, given that we've got youngsters sitting on the bench, and you're right, Aiden hasn't exactly shone um, this season. Neither has Fred. I mean, how, how Fred starts yesterday, I, I, I don't know, because um, he's, he's in moments looked a little bit more um, dangerous. Well, not dangerous, that's the wrong choice of words. He doesn't look dangerous. He's looked a little bit more committed um, when he's come in during the course of um, you know, recent games. But to start him with Ferguson and Greg Wilde sitting on the bench, I, I struggle with. I, I, I think what I'm bobbing around here is that there, there's, a, there's a post on the um, on the House of Fun that Neil Harris isn't a very good manager. and I'm, I don't want to believe that. I don't want that to be true, Harry, but... I'm starting to wonder whether <laughs> it might be true because some of his team choices at the moment are, are beyond me. We, we have a captain that um, doesn't look good enough in playing terms and doesn't bring the spirit required that Neil Harris mentioned after the game to the table when it's needed on the, you know, on the, on the pitch. Uh, I'm struggling with some of this stuff. I think Ferguson apparently had a bug from what I saw on Twitter, whether that's real or not, I don't, I don't know. So mm, Ferguson's okay. out, so that's one. But... Fred Omnidimna is not a left winger. If we're going to play him anywhere, it's a striker. It's yep. a ball over the top and let him run on. And he does cut. To be fair, the only times he looks bright is when the ball's in front of him. He's the opposite to O'Brien. If O'Brien has a ball played in behind him, he don't jump for it and he don't chase it. When Fred has a ball played, when we've got Fred up front, we seem to kick a ball at Fred and Fred wins the header. It makes absolutely no sense of what we're trying to do when we go forward. They're like almost in the wrong wrong positions for each other like for their game Fred's the one that should be on the last man running beyond with his pace to try and get in and O'Brien seems to be away in the land of Nod fuck knows what's going on with O'Brien I, I don't know I don't know um, I, I mean, we've mentioned him a few times he, he's a player that struggles for a, a position I don't see him as a winger personally and I'm not totally convinced with him in the striking role. Although he did, he did, um, um, he, he, he did score well yesterday. I mean, it made me laugh because in, in real time I couldn't tell who it was who'd scored. I think I was um, when you listen to the live piece, I thought it was Worrell that got it. So I couldn't believe that Aidan O'Brien would be in such a position and finish it so well. Um, but anyway, that's the, I'll, I'll amend that later. Um, 
Um, top quality as usual. Top quality, yeah, that's right. Top quality uh, research, and it was only after the game I found out it was Aidan O'Brien who scored. But hey, that's why you listen to the show, listeners, isn't it? Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I think that our problem is that we've built an entire approach around two players, and that's um, Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory. So the long ball to hit Steve Morrison, Lee Gregory to be the ruthless finisher of the, the knockdowns. Take one of those two elements out of the team, and we are absolutely lost, Harry. And I think that's that's the criticism I would make at the moment of of Neil Harris's approach, <clears throat> because you know it's it, it it's if one or other of those two players are injured, we're we're up a, we're up a gum tree, aren't we? Take either of those two players, and as we've been with Gregory, and we don't have answers. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but the only thing is, I did go. I'm one of the people. It shames me to say, but I did go to the. Uh, Checker trade trophy game, <laughs> and uh, without without Morrison, I've got to be honest. Without Morrison and Gregory, we fucking knocked the ball around like we were Brazil. I know we're playing an under twenty three side, but we had Twardek, Nelson. You know, we, it weren't our full eleven. All right, we had to play six that had played, but yeah. due to the rules that then you have to play on a Tuesday at Mars on on the weekend <laughs> of the seventh of the ninth of the twelfth whatever the fucking rules of the, the <laughs> bullshit trophy are. Um, we we played the ball well. We knocked the ball around. Swadet looked like the best player that's coming through out of a lot of them in terms mm-hmm. of delivering crosses and using pace to beat people. Chesmain looks a better defender than the other two left-backs we've got at the club. Yeah. And then you never see you never see him again. No. <laughs> that's Millwall. That's Millwall. You know, like, you know, oh, they, they look good. And then the next thing you know, oh, they've gone on a free transfer and they're playing for Bromley. That that's what that's what normally happens, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we we keep having this thing that we're, we're committed to youth. Um, I think we had um, Phil Pot came into the game, didn't he, yesterday, late late in the um, proceedings. Twenty minutes too late. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and you, you you know, and I've heard good report. I haven't seen Chesmain, so I can't I, I can't comment. I I didn't do the checker trade. Um, I'm, I, 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 uh, on principle, I won't do it. But anyway, there we are. Um, but. Yeah, you know, I hear the same report. So yeah, and and as you say, if we're passing the ball around at, at that level and we're trying to work space, which is probably mix it with the direct approach, and there's there's the the, the magic formula. Um, why, when we get to first team level, when we're, we're going out against Coventry, who, in fairness to them, passed the ball well as the as the game went along, but more because we allowed them to, I think. Why are we so one dimensional? I, 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 it's I can only think is to exploit Steve Morrison. Um, <clears throat> that there's no other reason why, we, and also perhaps to um, make the best of a, of a poor bunch of um, of passes of the ball. One of which is Tony Craig. Yes, I think I don't think it was as bad as maybe we make now. Maybe we were a bit spoiled. I don't, oh, I don't know. I think it, it was bad, but it weren't. It felt they grim. Are a good side. Let's let's get it right. They ain't bad side. Uh, they ain't going to be twenty third, and they def- uh, the, the the player they brought on. Was it with the ponytail? Fuck knows what his name. He looked very camp when he was warming up in front of me. I was up in in, um, in block one, and he was doing a kind of like a like a like a, a ballroom dancing kind of like a twist as part of his warm up routine with his ponytail. He he, he looked rather um, theatrical, um, and I thought I bet that player's good when he comes into it <laughs> because he was getting some abuse and he was getting some you know all the, all the usual stuff you're going to get when you're warming up in front of a, the lower tier of the East End. And I thought, well, I, I'm going to keep an eye on that player because when he did come in, obviously he, he got even more abuse. And I thought he looked dangerous from the moment he came in. He had touch, he had control, and he had now. So he, he made one um, run where I thought a penalty would he, he dived, but it was a little bit too obvious. 
I thought there's a there's a dangerous bone. The same I would also say, in all honesty, about Marvin Sordell, the great Millwall villain. Um, the goal he got in the first half was a quality strike. Yeah, I, I think Sordell had a good game, the first good one he's had. So he was against us, I've seen. So he was fucking due one. Let's be honest. I mean, we give him well, lots a, of abuse all the time. He was a highly rated player. I mean, let's park aside the controversy that made him into a Millwall villain. Um, he played for the, the Olympic team, didn't he? The Great Britain Olympic team. He was in that squad. And I... I from what I, I remember, he's always rated as one of the, the up-and-coming prospects of English football. Now he's drifted away and he's he's found himself at Coventry, which is never the place that you want to find yourself. Um, literally. Literally. Um, <laughs> figuratively and, and literally. Um, and, you know, he's, he, he, in some respects, you say, it's a career that's that's going towards the, um, you know, the, the kind of dustbin. Um, but when he shows it, he does show talent. He, he missed a sitter of a chance, I think it was in the second half. He headed wide from close range and um, could have put the, ball, the game beyond our reach. But I, I think that we, we allowed them to come into the game in a way that um, with more leadership from the back and midfield, perhaps, we don't we don't seem to have anyone that takes the, the game by the scruff of the neck apart from Steve Morrison. He's too far forward to influence those kinds of outcomes. Yeah, I think I think we had a, a sort of little boy loss moment today with our midfield, especially. Yeah. Um, I think Thompson first half was good. I think he sort of drifted out the game I just don't I don't know we're missing something and that's something I can't tell you what it is but it is we can set we're leaking goals early on in games where we're not really under any pressure I mean last week against Bradford we were unlucky with the sort of Archer pushed it out and it hit Webster it could have gone anywhere and it just so happened to hit Webster and it went in yeah this, I agree this week Sordell was turned on the half body and smashed it in and he's fucking flew in I mean he's got to be fair, Archer was on on decent form yesterday. It wasn't like an Archer fuck up like earlier on in the season. He's beat he's beat Archer, and it, to beat Archer from there, you yeah, know, there was a decent strike. I mean, you've you, got to, you've got to do well. You can't take it away. I mean, I've got a few tweets. I'm going to run past you here just to see how how, how these go down with yourself and the listeners. Um, bloke called Winks Winks MFC says, "I'd rather have Alan Dunn back at centre half than Tony Craig." And Morrison needs the armband back as as club captain. Andrew MFC says the same thing. How Morrison isn't captaining this this side is beyond me. Craig should leave the pitch embarrassed. And Omar Ronane says uh, Steve Morrison bollocking all the players and then setting that goal up. Fantastic move for the for the equalising goal. Think of him. Um, think what you want of him, but refreshing that someone cares. Come on. Um, I'm wondering whether the spirit of the side, which I think is the the kind of elusive factor X that you're talking about there, Harry, is that there's a captain of the side that probably, um, in playing terms, isn't up to the mark and in leadership terms isn't displaying it possibly as a result. I don't know. Morrison is the de facto captain of that side. He was the bloke that created the situation that got the goal. And he, I mean, there's pictures of him afterwards where, you know, there's, there's an evident desire on his face to... Get something out of a game that was that was running away from us, and I think maybe there's an issue there. I, I think I think it's it's an issue probably needs sorting at some stage soon. I, I mean, I didn't think Craig had that bad a game for him. I think um, I'm, I think I'm getting biased actually. I think I'm getting I'm getting jaundiced as I get older. I think well, I, I'm finally I'm going on about it each week. <laughs> I, 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 I basically after Wembley thought he'd be out the club to be honest, um, and he seems fitter. He does seem fitter. He does seem. <laughs> I just don't like him at centre half. I think I've got no problem with him playing at left back. To be fair, because Martin's fucking Martin's basically doing what Tony Craig used to do and getting away with it. That, yeah, that's yeah. as far as I'm. Tony Craig used to hit people. People used to think he was brilliant, a bit like Dunn. 
you either thought he was the worst football player in the world or you thought he was the best football player in the world because he hit people. And that, that, they're just a polarising opinion Millwall player. It's like Peter Williams. People think he's the wand or they think he's a wanker. It's one or the other. It's just, we're so, we're so polarised. It's just fucking, it's Millwall, isn't it? It, it is, is Millwall. It is Millwall. It is Millwall. I mean, it is, it is bipolar. We, um, we are on some kind of spectrum of some sort as, as a club and as a, as, a, as a group of fans, I think. Um, I couldn't make head and the tail of the bizarre incident there was there was a fan that got um on the pitch I, in real time I, I could only presume it was a it was a coventry fan that got downstairs but then I, I think i read afterwards it was a millwall fan that got into the lower tier and wanted to single-handedly take on the entire away end i think um before getting swamped by, a, by coppers the problems you need a couple of siege towers or something <laughs> yeah. a I, lot. Understand, I never understand that they're in the top tier what are you going to do i, can't I don't know i mean there was there was a huge police presence there yesterday which struck me as I turned the corner coming yeah, into Zampa Road. Uh, I don't know whether that's relating to the council decision that took place during the course of the week, whether they're expecting there to be um, something, I don't know. Um, well, I'm, still, I, I'm still discussing my crowdfunding idea. What was uh, mate, <laughs> We're going to buy a load of police horses just to see what <laughs> they'd actually do if they'd cavalry charge a load of police horses. We'd, we'd just, just get that. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I I don't know. I mean, the, the whole the whole club feels slightly adrift at the moment. What with the whole council decision in the week going against us, and um, I, I wrote a, a little piece on the, on our blog yesterday because um, I, I struggle with with huge amounts of what the club has done or not done in this situation. We we're all being called upon to show our our true loyalties to Millwall Football Club, whilst at the same time our football club doesn't show up at the so-called critical night on Wednesday night, apart from Pete, Peter and um, the Blue Bus and some kids from the Lions Centre and little Harvey Brown, you know. I mean, you think, well, we employ a chief executive. Isn't that a big night where the chief exec goes along, Harry? I'm, I'm no businessman, but I would have thought that's that's his night, isn't it? You know, I, mean, I thought it was the chairman's night, to be fair, but I mean, yeah. it kicks off this weekend, so fuck that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, 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 there's much that's that's um, there's much that's amiss. I mean, you've got um, Andy Ambler moving on like one of the uh, as he's been described, you know, a sinking ship, and all the rats jump off of it, don't they? Um, he's got a job with the FA doing some nonsense there. I don't know what he's going to do. He'll uh, say that Wayne Rooney can play centre defence. That's that's the next thing. <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing feels adrift and leader, lead, rudderless, leaderless. And yet there are there is always this kind of hint that there's promise beneath the surface. Maybe that's the ultimate Millwall dilemma. I don't know. There's always promise just below the surface, and it all, all seems to be going wrong on on the, on, on the on top. You know. Um, Beautiful goal yesterday. Beautiful goal. Um, I thought that move was. I've written there my the one shaft of light in the deep coal mine. Like you're down a Chilean coal mine, and there's suddenly this little shaft of light that illuminates and gives you hope. Was that move from Morrison on the right and the ball into the box, and then beautifully flicked home as, as I now know to be Aidan O'Brien, not, not David Worrell. I thought that was a fantastic move, and and our one little duel from a um, a, a desert afternoon, really, Harry. Yeah, it's be God boy score it, didn't it? God boy score. <laughs> Fuck me. He's spending far too much time in Essex with his girlfriend from Brentwood. I'm telling you, it's the only. I live in Essex. I know what they're like. <laughs> I'll go to work. I'll make sure my hair looks all right. God bless. Good night. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking hate him. For everyone. Do you? Do you really? I, 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 I fucking hate Aiden O'Brien. I, I, I think he's. Got all the talent in the world and all the fucking effort of like the kid at school who thinks he's too cool, comes in his leather jacket and his shades and walks around like I'm the bollocks. 
<laughs> I got told off online for wearing a leather jacket last week. I did that little YouTube clip with Dan around the back of the cold blow lane end, and the, <clears throat> I had my leather jacket on, which I didn't realise was, was was any kind of statement. It's just my leather jacket, you know. And I'm, and I'm being told I'm on the turn or something like I'm some kind of um, Shoreditch um, art house pub hanger about, you know. Um, but yeah, you got to drink trendy, trendy bitters and there we are. Grow a beard. <laughs> well, that's got slagged off for that as well. That that, <laughs> that was another thing I got I got, I got slaughtered for. Um, ben Thompson had a funny game yesterday. I finish on 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 the on the kind of the better players yesterday. I, I thought Ben Thompson had a decent game. Though he got substituted by Butcher. Um, seventy six minutes. I was I was reasonably reasonably impressed with the, what, the fourteen minutes of Butcher we saw, nineteen minutes with the um, extra time. Um, but I'm not sure that the midfield is a problem because I can't see who's gonna. There's a there's a role for Williams and Thompson and Williams don't um, in the in the popular idea don't play well together. So maybe it's going to be a Butcher Williams midfield at some stage. I don't know. Nah, it should be a Thompson Butcher midfield. Thompson. Not Williams. You're not a Williams man, are you, Harry? He don't. You, you, I'm you, not a Williams man unless the game's in front <coughs> of him. I don't think he plays well with his back to go almost. Mm. But Thompson wins. If you watch Thompson wins sort of 50-50s that somehow manage to go into a long ball over the top and we score from them normally. Yeah, Tom- Williams seems to only be okay if everything's at a sedentary pace where we can sort of play out and spread the ball and whatever, which is fine. I mean, there is a role for him at the club when we're maybe playing sort of a team that is a bit shit. But when we've got to go in and battle, um, Thompson's the one I'd want to go to war with. Let's put it that way. No fucking Lee's shit, Harry. I think I'm, I'm not seeing a deep. Well, the Coventry, we made Coventry look good yesterday, didn't we? Bradford um, looked all right. Bradford looked okay, didn't they? Um, yeah, the old league shit. Apart from the last two teams we've played, <laughs> the old league shit. <laughs> true, true. Um, I'm going to close out today's proceedings. I just want to say a, a thank you and a. Yeah, another goodbye actually to um, one of the club staff, Billy Taylor, um, who's leaving Millwall. <clears throat> um, he's the, he does the program. Um, he's the yeah. editor of the program, and um, I've, I've dealt with Billy a couple of times doing them at the fanzine and stuff. And he's a lovely, lovely bloke, Millwall fan too. So he's going to be returning regularly as a fan, um, but he's moving on to some kind of social media company, a new challenge. So I just want to say. Thank you to Billy Taylor. The programme has actually improved. I, I, I don't buy it. Do you buy the programme, Harry? I, I used to. I stopped for a long time. Um, and I don't buy it anymore. I bought no. one yesterday for my granddad, but that was that was it. But I'm I haven't read it in years. Bit of a contradiction in statement. You know, the, the, the programme's improved tremendously, but I don't buy it. So I, I think I might have. You, you should get a job as Chief Executive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want to defend the them, but we're not going to turn up or do anything about it. Well, you know what? They, they've got this new bloke lined up, Steve Cavanaugh, and I thought, well, actually, they, you know, they, there's plenty of talent. In all seriousness, there's plenty of talent around our fan base, and having seen what what we've had over these past few years, I can't believe that we wouldn't get a far more committed chief exec just by advertising in our program to our fans for. Someone that can do the role. I mean, you've got to be part politician and part, um, you know, part businessman. You can't call people cunts on Twitter. And basically, you can't do you that. Can't, you can't do that. We, we do We do have fans, and I'm discounting myself, we do have fans that can get through um, a conversation without the use of the C word. We, there are, there are, I've met them. There, there are intelligent people out there. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, I thought, well, actually, that, that they've tapped up a bloke already, some guy from South End who apparently is a West Ham fan. So That's good. That's th- there's, a, good a, there's a start. start. That's number one. Number um, one on what you want to hear, isn't it? I mean, I suppose being chief exec is a neutral role. You don't necessarily want a fan um, in in you know that does it. I don't know, but 
being a fan, if you if you also know the um, the business world and, and how football operates, and many many do, would be a great advantage, I would think. So, I I, I don't know. I, I found that um, I mean Andy Ambler's moving on. Fine, that's 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 Sayonara, off into the distance he goes. Um, but what the, the, the recruitment process, such as it is, seems a bit like a stitch up to me. Um, yeah. I think we should have gone and got Karen Brady because she knows how to do it and get stadiums for nothing. So maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe we can get a stadium for nothing because they want to get us out the one we're in now. So well, they do, don't they? I mean, I, I, I wrote a little piece um, on the net talking about this new Bermondsey or South Bermondsey as it is in old money. They're going to be called New Bermondsey with hipster beards included. With hipster beards, um, and you know, basically the the whole area is going to be revamped into just yet another take on all of the other developments you see around London at the moment. It's got, there's not going to be anything t- terribly different now. Um, but, um, you know, the, uh, the the role of the ground in the middle of all this is it's got to be someone that sometimes is going to say, well, look, there's a there's a really uh, disruptive, really horrible football club right in the middle of this. I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> Multi-million. <laughs> well, we are, but, you know, we also know what comes with the turf. Um, why don't we relocate that um, football ground to some other place out Ebb's <clears throat> Fleet or somewhere like that? Gravesend, Gravesend, <laughs> the end of the world, um, Dartford or some place of that of that ilk. And there's there's um, there's a hugely valuable piece of real estate sat there with the whole stadium and the and the, and the pitch and everything that goes with it. Um, so you know that would be my um, well, it's, it's, it's it's the logic. I don't know. I was going to call it a fear, but it's the, it's the logical outcome of. Of this process, and the thing, is, the thing is, is the council don't want us. This, this no, is the bottom line that's clear. Reality, it's clear. Right? Yeah. It's clear they don't want us. How much money can we get for what the ground's worth? Is there a is there a borough that wants us? <clears throat> is there the Southwark want us? The Southwark want to build us a ground. The Southwark want us in the area. The Southwark want all the stuff that comes with Millwall. Does anyone want that? If the answer is yes, and we can become solvent and not have to bump nine million pound into saving the saving the den or doing whatever that Berylson's put it in, you know, there will come a point where it's a decision to be made. It is a decision to be made by the club. I know we all love the den, well, depending on where you see it. I mean, some people well, still hate it and don't forgive it. But I, I can't see a point of fighting something that we're going to lose. We need to make, we need to, it's like any business, you cut your losses and move on. Is this what Berylson is planning to do? Because they don't seem like they want to do anything to save the den, really, if they're not turning up to vital meetings or so on, whatever he says in the programme, well, to there, me. There is a view. I mean, the, 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 the council decision, we are told, was probably never going to go our way anyway. This was always going to be, um, whether it be 7-0 to zero or 6-1. to one. I think one, one councillor voted um, for us, but probably did that in the full knowledge that it was a done deal anyway. So politicians calculate their own position, don't they? So... If you know that six six of your colleagues are going to vote against Millwall, then you can um, happily vote um, for them <clears throat> and appear like the good guy because um, he's a Palace fan. Yes. Joe, Joe Dromey. Well, that's how it works, Harry. That's politics, isn't it? You know, anyone who watches House of Cards knows how the calculations are going. He's he's a, he's a new cross councillor, so he's probably got quite a few Millwall fans that want to vote for him at the next election. Can't we just stump someone up at the next election and we just have twenty five thousand people vote for him? That, that well, we could, we could, we could. Yes, we could, and that has been done in the past. Charlton did it donkeys years ago when they went to the valley. The thing is that the um, that the the next level of fight, if we are seriously looking to um, win out or for our scheme to be um, implemented, is there some kind of public inquiry? And this is what John Berylson said in the week that he's, he's going to appeal it, and this goes to a public inquiry of some sort. Um, 
with the intention, I guess, of overturning this decision and then Millwall FC being allowed to build its block of flats, its its Premier Inn and whatever else they're going to stick on the car park. Um, And that's fine. But I think also the decision to... Um, appeal it also drags it out and it adds it adds um, it's a it's a negotiating point on the very point you've just made which is what if that we can get value for the for the remainder of the lease to relocate somewhere else because I mean let's be honest there's what eight and a half thousand turned up yesterday at the, at the den um I think where were the 45 that went to Wembley that's what I want to know well, would, would any more turn up if we were relocated to, oh, I don't know, I can't imagine Bromley Council ever wanted us, but um, somewhere out, out in the heartlands, out in the kind of the south-east London, you know, Bromley, Bexley, um, that, that kind of... somewhere like that. Yeah, would more turn up? I, I don't know. I, I don't think they would, personally, because I, I, I think that the loss of identity for the club would be catastrophic. Um, whether any more would show up if it was built on the A20 at the golf club, the, the driving range or something like that, I don't know, or Cray Wanderer's Ground if it was rebuilt or something of that kind. Or Bromley, I, I, who knows? But um, I, the, you do get a sense that this is the this is where this whole thing is driving us to at some stage. And the club won't say that and no one's going to say that, but that's why we have shows like this, Harry, to, to say these things because I think that's where it's leading us. I think we're we're banging trouble with all this, and and there's no. I mean, it's even to a point where the the fan base, as you said, you're getting eight thousand over there now. To me, the Tuesday night games when we were sort of during the six weeks already at the very start of the season. Yeah. As soon as you went back to school, as soon as the kids went back to school, knowing that the kids were all going to be in a captive audience of five days a week, the club should be giving that. You've got to open the stands anyway. Giving tickets out, so yeah. they want to go. They want to buy the kit. They want to buy it. They want to come. They want to go. We don't do any of that. You see West Ham. You see Blayton Orient, Dagenham and Redbridge. Even near me, do it. Yeah. And we do none of it. And it's like, what, what are we trying to achieve? You know, every time I know it sounds terrible, but every time a Millwall fan pops his clogs, that's four people who don't go anymore. It's. I mean, the, the whole process, the whole um, just going back to the regeneration on that, and it reinforces the point you've you've just made. But one of the things you do pick up whenever you you, you tune into the councillors and what they're saying is the lack of um, the lack of substance to the plans that Mill have been putting forward. Now, we as as supporters, we're not privy to all this. We we're told on the one side that. Any, um, any, uh, you know, everything the club's done has been, you know, all the, all the T's have been crossed and the I's have been dotted. And it's all up up front, and that the scheme is costed, and, and and it's in front of the council, and they've they've basically don't want to know. Maybe so. I, I don't know. We don't know. But then you have got the council saying that Mill submitted, you know, drawings basically on the back of an envelope with, um, you know, uh, a cornflake packet torn up with um, yeah, large large sums. Yeah, like like just random large sums written on it, all adding up to a really, really big large sum, you know, and saying there's our business plan. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but you do get a sense of unprofessionalism. And, and, and you know, even this week, I mean, it's a, it was a critical night on Wednesday. Everyone online is bumping it and bumping it. Big, big, big night. And then Peter goes along, and, and I, I've got huge amounts of time for Peter. I, I, I like him as a person. Um, but where's the club staff? Where's the chairman? Where's the chief exec? They don't show. And that makes you say, what the fuck is going on at our club? Um, afterwards, I mean, there's a Defend Our Den Twitter feed. I don't know if you've seen it, Harry. I mean, listeners might have seen it. <coughs> They've um, It's a formal kind of club run campaign, I think. 
Um, they've contacted me. Can I? Would I help? Would I do anything I can? Of course, I will. Um, I'll do whatever I can to help uh, Millwall Football Club. It's a club I I love and have done for forty odd years. But the next level of the game is a public inquiry. They're not going to be driven by fans' hearts and flowers messages about what great work the community trust does and. We have reading and writing classes for kids that can't do it locally. You know, it's, it, this is going to be a bottom line job, money, money, and you know, and the, and, the, and the quality of the scheme. And I just think we've we I get a sense we've fallen short on that front, sadly. Yeah, yeah I think we missed the boat when all this Surrey Canal was being sorted out before with the, the with the new bit of railway and Silwood being done up and around that side of the ground. And it's all been coming. Yeah. It has been coming. It's not. It's not like. The rest of London hasn't moved on and the club should have been going, well, they are eventually going to get to us. It's £500,000 for a flat down the road from the den. Absolutely. And that is is the bottom line. We are an oasis of of South London that hasn't been touched and we're the next on the list that they want their money from. And, you know, unfortunately, our chairman or our chief exec or someone at the club hasn't read the warning signs and now we're paying for it. Absolutely. Whether or not they say they are... They've put plans down or whatever. I mean, I feel, I've got to say this, I do feel sorry for the poor woman, I, I can't remember her name, but the woman who was offered £58,000. Yeah, yeah, no, they're stitching up, they're, they're striping her big time. Um, but that's what they do, they're called Renewal and they're a regeneration company, Harry, and they make big money by selling, <laughs> buying things cheap and selling them fucking expensive, that's how they do it, that's the nature of the beast, isn't it? That's what we're up against, and I, I just feel like we're like, uh, we, we had Nemo on the pitch yesterday, we're like little Nemo with the, with the sharks chasing after it in those Disney movies, you know, um, that's that's Millwall. Um, Anyone know any Russians we can, we can talk to? We could do a Russian owner or someone <laughs> who just owns everything. <laughs> Some wayward Middle Eastern dictator with an oil oil fortune. That's what we need. Maybe that, maybe we should chuck some Roman coins into underneath the Den Cath or something. So when they go down to big foundations, <laughs> oh, there was an old Roman settlement here. We've got to stay away. We can't do nothing. Chance will be a fine thing. Yep. That's a depressing way to finish the show. But there we are. <clears throat> Thanks for coming on the show, Harry Warren. And let's hope next week we're away at South End next weekend, and um, let's hope for a better performance there, and maybe three nice points. Bit of jo- nice bit of jolly boys next week, hopefully. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> all, all the best, Harry. <laughs> and you, mate. Bye bye. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.